And now part three of Follow Him. Okay, so the experience that they that they have had in Missouri hasn't been good. They put out this section 134, and but the experience doesn't get much better. So one year later, things are the Saints have moved to Clay County and things are starting to get a little hairy there. And it's interesting what the government decides to do. They literally decide to create a new county, as one legislator put it, a Mormon reservation. Now, remember, just miles on the other side of the river is the Indian territories, with all, uh, which is a reservation, right? And by this time, on the frontier particularly, we are being seen more, even though most of, most of the members of the church are from New England and the Mid-Atlantic area, we are being seen as a different race. There's been a lot of good scholarship lately in newspapers. We're being seen as uh, a lower race of people, as, as, as many whites did in that time, um, as similar to American Indians or to, uh, to black slaves. And um, it's interesting that the legislator would use the term a Mormon reservation, right? A place where you can go or we can just keep you confined. And we take it because it's a place to, it's a place to be where we can safely gather again. And Ohio is breaking down. And so uh, we do. We go to Caldwell County and set up far, far west. And um, one of the other counties that's made out of that, Davies County to the north, uh, was meant to be open to everyone. And we took that to mean us as well. Uh, but the people that were Missourians who wanted to move there took it to mean, no, you're supposed to basically stay on the reservation, right? And um, this leads up to, in 1838, the, the congressional election is coming up, and some of our saints there in that Davies County go to vote and in, in the town in the county seat called Gallatin, and they're met they're met by men who are going to try and stop them from voting, and they're being whipped up by a candidate uh, to 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 stop them. And a, a fist fight breaks out that leads to people grabbing lumber from the nearby yard on both sides and just beating each other severely. And the end result is we don't get to vote. We literally are stopped from exercising the right to vote. And rumors fly from that, and people take that to mean whatever they want it to mean. And um, that's the beginning of what's known as the Missouri War, the Mormon War of 1838. And um, things, of course, as we know, spiral out of control. And you literally have militias from, one, from other counties going against the militia of Caldwell County, which is almost exclusively Latter-day Saint. You have a civil war, is what's really going on. In fact, before Kansas is bleeding, we talk about bleeding Kansas leading to the civil war, right? When, the, when Kansas is made a, a place where, uh, you know, um, popular sovereignty, where you go there and then people will vote about who's, whether it's going to be slave or free, and so you get these conflicts that's called Bleeding Kansas, which leads right into the Civil War. Well, before Kansas was bleeding, two decades before Kansas was bleeding, uh, Missouri was bleeding, right? And, um, and of course, that ends with the, with the infamous extermination order and Joseph Smith in prison and, and uh, horrible things. Uh, some Latter-day Saints killed, all Latter-day Saints losing property, uh, personal property, people uh, beaten. Uh, women raped. Uh, it's just awful. 
And then uh, once again, in the middle of winter, having to leave the state, uh, uh, walk across the frozen Mississippi. And so it is a traumatic it, 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 com- compared to first of all, compared to Jackson County, where the things that happen are more traumatic. But it's also the you know back then the church was split in two different places. Here the the church that's the faithful is all in one place, and so this is just an incredibly traumatic experience that that haunts us some in some ways even till today. Right with Hans Mill being the most uh, most famous uh, of the atrocities, but. We we don't even talk nearly enough about the the other trauma, particularly that women experienced. And so when we get when 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 we're kicked out, the the general that's in charge, General Clark, actually says, "Don't gather again, ever. This is the problem. You guys gather and you try and you build your Zion, and it's it doesn't belong in America." Basically, he didn't use those words, but that's basically what he's saying. So just be like all the other churches and live in different places and believe in things. Uh, and some and some of the leaders, like Sidney Rigdon and others, are like, yeah, I think that's a good idea. This isn't working out. And Joseph writes from the jail, no, no, that we gather, right? And while he's still in jail, people are looking, he's got people specifically looking for spots, which eventually leads us to Nauvoo and gathering again. Uh, and when we do that, we decide... Um, Something's got to change. So Joseph Smith actually decides to go to Washington D.C. with um, with redress from all the people, all the things that they have lost. They make lists, right, of everything you can you can you can look at them online. You can buy the book. That's it, very specific. You know, we lost twenty chickens, a house. Da 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 da. This is how much we think you the government owes us. And he actually gets to know. It was easy to get appointments with the president of the United States back then, and he actually has a. a uh, a member of the Illinois legis- legislature who who gets him an appointment, and of course he meets with President Van Buren, and as everybody knows, and Van Buren says, "I, you know, there's nothing I can do for you." In a sense, he's actually correct. There's nothing federally he can do uh, unless he wants to call the government of Missouri in rebellion against the government of Missouri, and that's he's just not going to do that. We were hoping that maybe he would write something in the uh, an annual address to the nation, right? We call it, what do we call it now? The State of the Union, right? Yeah, back then it was written and put in all the newspapers. We were hoping for something, at least in, in that. And he says, I can do nothing for you, right? Because we, we forget the second part, because I'll lo- basically I'll lose Missouri. You know, that's a strong democratic state. I can't, I'm not going to lose Missouri, right? And uh, so Joseph... Uh, has other men um, uh, putting in the, this redress in the Congress, trying it that way, and it dies by tricks in committee. And so Joseph leaves Washington. Hey, Derek. Yeah. Derek, I don't know if our listeners are going to comprehend politicians who decide things based on <laughs> votes. I, I John, do you think our that? listeners are? Yeah, I like or, <laughs> or everything that doesn't happen today. Or, I just watch. or tricks in Congress to make sure or things tricks in never. Congress. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And pass he, a continuing resolution. He, yeah, exactly. He, uh, he, he really believed that there, and there was sympathy throughout the United States in the newspapers for what had happened in Missouri, and he really thought that that could change the equation in Washington, and he comes away realizing. It's not going to be the case. If we don't do something for ourselves, uh, it's never going to work here. And so luckily, they had walked into Illinois that was evenly split between the two parties, the Whig and Democratic Party. And you've got now almost 10,000 people that are new. 
uh, yeah, we want you to be Democrats or yeah, we want you to be Whigs, right? Because it changes the balance in Illinois. And, you know, Joseph was smart to use that to be able to get a charter, the Nauvoo Charter, which allowed for a sense of self-government, right? We would have our own government with elections, with, with special legal rights, and the Legion, right? Um, both times we'd been disarmed, and here we would have a, an official Legion that's, uh, that's part of the city, not the county militia, uh, and that, that belongs to the, the basically, the, it belongs to Nauvoo, but in, in, in reality, that belongs to the church, right? And so Missouri is hanging over everything, everything. And so it works. We have our own little um, uh, place there in, in Hancock County, and uh, we elect members and non-members to, to, uh, to offices. And when j- people try and kidnap Joseph, he's able to use the court system that was given them by the legislature to not get extradited to Missouri and, you know, and be assassinated. And so that that there was kind of a a, a breathing there in eighteen late eighteen forty forty one forty two that we can breathe again right we're protected we're going to be okay it starts to break down and at the same time it starts to break down those those ideas of protection Joseph starts receiving revelation and in public and private starts to talk differently uh, and it's all around the temple right he's talking in public about um, keys, and he's talking to the Relief Society about keys, and he's talking to um, the the people about. He's using the Book of uh, Revelation to talk about um, uh, priests and kings made by God, right? That rule with with Christ for a thousand years. Uh, the government of God. An editorial comes out that summer that talks about um, that God's law has always been basically theocracy, right? The, the church and state are the same thing. And um, there's kind of a change in his thinking. America has failed us, right? And it's going, it looks like it's going to fail us again. And he kind of weaves this, um, this, uh, this idea of what he's later going to call theodemocracy. Uh, and I'll explain that really quick in, in a minute. And, and we don't need to go in big detail about it. But there's a real sense that we've been let down, and we have. I mean, it's, there's no doubt about it. And um, in the fall of 1843, as it looks, you know, people are becoming more upset. More of us are arriving. Um, it looks like the Zion experiment could be headed toward persecution again. We don't want a repeat of Missouri. Joseph's kind of last decision is to reach out to the candidates running for president of the United States and ask, what will you do if you're elected regarding us? Here's our history, you know, so forth. And three of them respond, which actually, of the five, which actually shows that Joseph had become a person of importance in the nation, that they would actually take the time to respond. But all three of them say the same thing, right? We can't do anything. Uh, Would Latter-day Saints know any of these three? Uh, so the three that respond are Van Buren, who says, "I told you what I told you." <laughs> uh, yeah. Henry Clay, who's the you know the great okay. legislator and and the and ends up being the Whig candidate, who says the same thing. Says, "I told you in Washington, probably the best thing for you to do is to go to Oregon, right?" And then um, John C. Calhoun is very famous. Uh, he he uh, he's running. He wants to. He's been in there forever. He's the big states' rights guy. Um, 
uh, of the South, uh, you know, stay out of our business. Slavery is our business kind of a guy. And so his response to Joseph is, you know, this is, a fa- he didn't meet with him. So he says, I, you know, this is a state's rights issue and uh, you stay out of it. And uh, actually, Joseph writes a very stinging rebuke that's printed in newspapers all across the country, especially the Whig newspapers, where he takes where he takes Calhoun to task about, well, yeah, well, what if we're what if it's the government that's actually do the state government that's actually doing the persecuting? Can you spend some more time on that? Because yeah, okay, so if somebody is robbing, mobbing, doing all that stuff, the federal response was. Nothing. Okay, I know that's in the Bill of Rights. I know that's against the law, but the states will have to handle it. Yes, because the 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 Bill of Rights only applied to the federal government, and so uh, you know how you like you've seen lately in the last few years that uh, like the President of the United States can order all the federal employees to be masked or vaccinated, but he can't yeah. do that for the rest. of the, It's that same kind of principle. Um, in this, in our federal system, that the and, and and those those aren't actually made to be inside of the states. The all of the Bill of Rights until the Thirteenth mm-hmm. Amendment um, after the after the Civil War, and so the remedy is to go to your state government. Right, if you're being mobbed, if you're being if your rights are being violated, you go to your state government. You don't go to the federal government. Well, the problem with the saints is, well, what if the state government is the one doing the mobbing and the robbing? Yeah. And that's what I was going to ask. So so the laws are there for the state, but they're just not they're not enforcing willing, yeah. not willing to do something. Yep. That's exactly right. Right? And so um it's it's obviously a lot more complicated than that, but the idea wow. is is that uh they don't see any options anymore. And so in the end of January, uh, a, a meeting is held. Uh, of the leading uh, brethren of the church that are in town, and they propose and nominate Joseph to run for president of the United States, not just on an independent ticket, but with independent electors. In other words, that means that we'll create electors for the electoral college in every state. So it's not just a a, a PR thing. They're actually building uh, an infrastructure for there to be a chance if he won a state for those votes to be cast in the electoral college. So right from the very first meeting, it's it's serious. Uh, they talk about uh, sending certain people to certain places. Joseph says, send everybody who can preach out to electioneer. And this is his quote, quote, there's oratory in the church enough to get me in the first slide, end quote. So the first time. So it's, you know, all political campaigns are... Wow. <laughs> are... Uh, uh, you know, believe, right, that they could do everything. Do you think that if one of the candidates would have responded positively that Joseph doesn't run and he supports that candidate with yes. everything he has? Yes, because um, in October, when things were really falling apart, there was a church editorial called uh, Who Should Be the Next President of the United States? And in that, it says, um, we want to find a candidate who will protect us. And then we will throw our votes and try and get everybody else to throw their votes to that candidate. And that's when they choose, you know, they write the letters and then the, the, the response is nothing. none of them will, none well, of them will. Well, you have no other option then. So, so he's like, 
So he's like, yeah, we're, we're going to we're going to have to do it. Now, he immediately after in the weeks following, he writes a, a political pamphlet called General General Smith's. You don't want to do President Smith or Prophet Joseph Smith because now you got to you've got to talk to a, everybody in the country, right? Right. So he takes his militia uh by the way, he's a lieutenant general is what the state gave him. Think of that. So yeah. for context, there's no lieutenant general between George Washington and Ulysses S. Grant in the Civil War, except Joseph Smith. <laughs> and so, uh, wow. so he, he writes this pamphlet called uh, General Joseph Smith's Views on the Powers and Policies of the Government of the United States. And it's basically a presidential platform, which is something they didn't do back then. They didn't put out their views on specific things because then they could be held accountable to try and do those things. Joseph's just the opposite, and he mails it to all, every person uh, in the federal government that's important, all the governors, and to all the major newspapers, because in those days, how media worked was people just passed on to, you know, reprinted other newspapers, and that's how the word of everything got around. So it gets all around the country. And he, he does very specific things, but the, the things that it's most noted for in his platform is he wants to abolish slavery within a few years by selling all the leftover land of the Louisiana Purchase uh, and then buying the freedom of the slaves, uh, which England had just done the decade before in the Caribbean. They had paid uh, the masters for the freedom of the slaves. And so it's something that had been done. Uh, that he knew about, and he offered that, and no one else is talking like that except for the Liberty Party, but they're also a small group. And so, okay. I mean, that's that's a big thing to say, right? Uh, the, the, there's several other things, but the other big one that's important to us is that he wanted to make it so that the president had power to enforce the Bill of Rights in the states. Um, for and, okay. and he says, and he uses that same justification that he uses in his letter to Calhoun. If the government of the state is the one doing the mobbing, then the federal government has to step in to protect freedom of religion, not alone freedom of life or freedom of property, right? right? And so, um, so once once this starts to get out and get a little traction, local Illinois uh, people are like, this guy's going too far now, right? And they they call for a wolf hunt, which is a um, a not a uh, a subtle call for everybody to right. get their guns and we'll go hunt wolves, but maybe find Joseph out of town or whatever. And so Joseph realizes that uh, that the danger is getting quicker than he thought, and asks uh, tells the gets the council of twelve together and says we need to start sending people west to find where we go next. And if we can't find enough people, then we'll just wait till after the election. And and we got to start looking for where to go in the West because it doesn't look like it's going to work out here. We have to leave the country. <laughs> yes, Isn't that, right? that 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 we're, we'll, we well, to we're going to try country. this election thing, and we're going to okay. try some other things. But the writing seems to be on the wall that we need to leave America because America is not <laughs> giving us freedom of religion. Imagine that, Derek. Latter Day Saints have to flee the United States. <laughs> I just think that some people here. Oh, yeah, Joseph Smith was a candidate for president of the United States. Oh, that guy just had delusions of grandeur or something. And what you're saying is, as a direct result of not being able to redress the grievances that were happening to the saints, they would have thrown their 
um, support behind another candidate if they would have supported that. But that Correct. wasn't happening. So as a direct result of that, he's running for president, not because he's kind of crazy, ambitious, or has political aspirations. Am I saying that accurately? You are. And as Joseph Smith did with everything, he throws, you know, the kitchen sink in. I mean, it, it's, yeah. it, you know, he, go, he goes for, for the gusto. And um, so I'm one of, you know, I'm one of two experts in the entire world, right, on Joseph Smith's presidential campaign. Me and, uh, and a fellow named McBride, who's in the Joseph Smith papers, so Spencer, his book came out this year. My book came out last year. And because of the Council of 50 Minutes, which I'll introduce in just a second, and because of uh, uh, his, his really good U.S. history research and my 15 years of tracking down all the people who went on missions, uh, you, can't, mm. you can't call it uh, a PR. There's no, it has been called that in the past by historians, church historians especially, but the evidence is overwhelming that it was a real campaign. It wasn't just a, you know, try to get our name out there. Yeah, get our yeah. name out there, or throw away our votes, or 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 whatever. And so, with this wolf hunt, like I mentioned, they start planning to go out west as well. And the the wolf hunt was actually planned for March 9th, although it doesn't happen on March 11th, two days later. Uh, Joseph Smith uh, creates what's called the Council of Fifty. Its real name is much longer and is uh, literally calling it the kingdom of God on earth with the people in it as the servants of, of God to do his will. And it's a council of 50 men. They meet confidentially. And uh, the, their goals are made clear from the very first meeting. They are, one, to find a place where we can go to leave, anywhere we can go to build up a theodemocracy, to build up... Um, to be able to worship our rights, the only way we're going to be able to do that is if we're in control of our government. Uh, and two, to uh, run this presidential campaign and see if we can't, uh, you know, get freedom of religion that way as well. And so they're working on both projects initially. They send someone to Texas who's not even a part of the United States yet, they're their own republic, and they actually negotiate a deal Sam Houston does with our ambassador to have us move down there near the Mexican border to kind of be a buffer between the Texans oh, and the wow. Mexicans. Um, but he's also, he doesn't tell our ambassador, he's also dealing with an ambassador from the United States. And when our ambassador leaves, uh, he actually uh, does the handshake deal to, uh, to join the United States. So, but I give you that just to show that we're thinking about going there. We're thinking about going in California, which is basically all of Western United States, uh, or Oregon. Okay, so they're they're thinking about that and the election. But by the April General Conference, they've thrown everything into the election. All those other stuff is kind of put on hold. And at the General Conference, there's actually been a call for all the elders that can possibly in the in the church get to Nauvoo because there's going to be a special. Uh, session where we're, uh, people are going to be sent out on missions. And so that special session, and of course, this is the general conference with the King Follett discourse. You've got the laws and the Higbees in the background who uh, are, are former friends, former uh, leaders in the case of the laws who have now gone against Joseph. And that actually begins with the political issues in the fall and continues with plural marriage in the, in the winter. And now they've broken off and created their own church 
and are calling Joseph a fallen prophet. So he's got pressure now inside, you know, inside the community as well as the pressure outside of the community, which sounds an awful lot like what happened with Missouri, right? I mean, part of the reason Missouri can happen is because W.W. Phelps and others, Orson Hyde and others, sign affidavits against the church. So it seems like Missouri is repeating itself. And um, at this co- general conference, the last session, uh, there's, a, there's 1,500 elders that show up. And Brigham Young and, Joseph and, and Hiram Smith... Joseph Smith on purpose isn't there because it was against the rules of politics back then to look like you wanted to be president or to electioneer for yourself. You didn't do it because <laughs> it was a gentleman thing. You were invited to run, right? And, uh, and so he wasn't at the meeting, but Brigham and Hiram lead the meeting and they basically say, look, we are sending out missionaries and you're going to do two things. You're going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and you're going to electioneer for Joseph Smith to be president of the United States. And we want you to, to electioneer with everybody uh, that you can. We want you to... Uh, um, to do this, and and we can have success. Brigham Young says this is a fire that can't be put put out. It's a really you read the firsthand accounts. It's a really resounding meeting in the cheers for Joseph Smith for president. So at the end of the meeting, two hundred and seventy seven people have signed up. Uh, by the time their names are listed in the church newspapers the next week, you're about to three hundred and fifty. And that with assignments to you know they all have assignments to go to different states. And there are presidents assigned to each state to run the, the missionary work, both the, the, the religious and the political side. I, I, that's where I got interested in it, was, was looking at the missionaries. And I, I literally spent a decade chasing down every loose end, and the internet helped. And I found out that the number is actually, if you don't count the Quorum of the Twelve, they lead it, so they are. But if you don't count them, the number I came to is 621. So there's obviously more than that that I just haven't been able to find because you lose historical records. Making it the largest missionary force in numbers until 1905. And as far as as the number, a percentage of available priesthood men being out on a mission— there's never it's there's never been a, again like in the history of the church. So that right there tells you it's a big deal. It's not it's not a just a PR yeah. campaign, right? Because they're not yeah. just going out uh, to say we've been abused and maybe you should vote for Joseph Smith. They're holding conventions in each of the states. They're nominating electors who will go on to the electoral college. They're renting big halls. They're having uh, big rallies. Uh, and small rallies. They're they're preaching and electioneering in homes, in schoolhouses, uh, throughout all the states. With a special, uh, the most being sent to Illinois and New York, where they would have the most chance of influencing things would be those two states. Right. But uh, you know, in in the research I've done, it's a very serious thing, and they're doing a, they're doing the best they can, right? And in some places, they're getting a little bit of support from those people who are, don't like either party. But in some places, especially the South, they're getting persecuted pretty bad, uh, oh, t- tarred man. and feathered, uh, threatened, um, you know, uh, bricks thrown at them, you know, all kinds of things. Um, and while they're out doing that, Joseph and, uh, and the Council of Fifty, who consider themselves to be the, like I said, the kingdom of God on earth, to prepare for the second coming when it comes, that 
like like you like we've all said, there has to be a kingdom for him to come to, right? right. Well, this revelation to him, he believed that that's what that they they were doing, right? And if it doesn't work out with the election, then we'll go to uh, then we'll leave the country, right? And he has this idea of theodemocracy, which is where God and the people share power. In other words, God calls people, the people, uh, God calls people to be the rulers. The people sustain those rulers. And Joseph was very careful to say things like, and that he'd already done this before, that this doesn't mean everybody is a Latter-day Saint. Uh, uh, he brought people who were not members of the church into the Council of Fifty, actually. Uh, not very many, it's token, but it at least shows where his mind was wanting to go. And, um, and so anyway, that election continues to, to progress. Um, and uh, locally, now back to Carthage, uh, Joseph's political enemies uh, team up with Joseph's religious enemies who've just left the church, the Laws and the Higbees. Uh, in fact, the leader of, uh, of one of the, the parties actually is the one that gives the printing press to the, the Higbees and the Laws to, to print the Nauvoo Expositor. And so in the Nauvoo Expositor, um, this newspaper that's put up by, the, by uh, Joseph's enemies talks about plural marriage, right? goes into all those details. But those things have been out for years uh, that they'd had to combat with John C. Bennett, which you may have talked about in, in, uh, in other podcasts. We actually haven't talked much about John C. Bennett. So, so, just give us a brief little... Yeah, so John C. Bennett is the ultimate opportunist, right? And he sees with the Mormons coming into, with the Latter-day Saints coming into Illinois, a chance to get at the top of something. And so he writes Joseph Smith saying, hey, I have influence in the legislature. I can help you out. I believe what's happened to your people is terrible. I want to be a member of your church. And Joseph takes him. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a perfect kind of guy for him to be able to get what he wants. And he rises in the church to being even an assistant counselor in the, in the first presidency. But he, uh, it, Joseph starts to find out that he's been leaving wives everywhere, that this guy is a, is a serial adulterer. And uh, at the same time Joseph Smith is teaching plural marriage secretly, he's teaching that Joseph—we don't even know that he knew about Joseph teaching. That's usually the, what people say, but Brian C. Hale's uh, research on that, we're not, we don't, we're not quite sure that he even knows what Joseph's talking about. He's just using his just position lived. in a church yeah. to, you know, to be an adulterer. And when that, when that comes to, to light, and he, in 1842, he resigns as mayor, and Joseph is elected as mayor in his, in his place. But John C. Bennett then goes on a nationwide tour, uh, d- saying that the Mormons are out to take over the world, that Joseph has this harem of women. And we actually send missionaries out then, too, to, to discount those claims. And for the most part, the national media says, you're a nut, guy, you know, you're... <laughs> What are you talking about? This is not happening there. And so the fire's put out pretty quickly. But what's really concerning, I, I think, for Joseph is that uh, someone has leaked the Council of Fifties, because that's talked about in the newspaper, and his uh, presidential aspirations. Uh, he's, he's made out to be someone who's tr- who is trying to take over the country to enforce um, you know, Mormonism on everybody. And so Joseph decides, Joseph and the council decide that if they don't get rid of this paper, that Missouri will happen all over again. And uh, so they vote as a council to not just destroy the issues of the paper, but destroy the press themselves, the press itself. Um, And that leads to the crisis, which eventually leads 
to Joseph being Joseph and Hiram being in Carthage jail, um, but not for the not for the expositor. The expositor was just a way to get them to Carthage. Once they're released on bond for that, they're arrested for wait for it treason. Just like Jesus, right? He's convicted uh, by the Sanhedrin. <laughs> no, it's, seriously, he's consi- yeah, convicted right. by the it's- Sanhedrin for blasphemy. But the charge when it gets to to uh, Pilate is switched treason, right? Switched against treason. against Caesar, and they do the same trick there, and that's how they. There's no bond for treason, and so he's kept in the jail. And then this this organized mob who has 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 all kinds of undertones, but uh, political undertones for sure, uh, assassinates Joseph and Hiram, and Joseph Smith literally becomes the first presidential candidate in the history of the United States to be assassinated. Wow. Uh, you add into there Thomas Sharp, right? And yeah, Governor- yeah, and Sharp's doing it out of politics, right? It, it, uh, and, and Governor Ford just is trying to avoid civil war on, you know, if, if you're being generous to him. Um, and right. so, yeah, plural marriage is part of it. Yeah, but it, all of Zion is part of it. Zion for us is a whole way of life, a whole structure. It's not just what, what people call religion. And so, yeah, Joseph Smith was killed for his religion, absolutely. But there were definitely political undertones, uh, as well as what is traditionally called religious undertones, to what's going on with his assassination, with his murder. Yeah. Wow. That was such a good lead up to 135. Uh, 136, right, is going to be the the camp of Israel, how to organize our exodus out of the country, right? Um, that's what happens. I mean, we are literally, it's, it takes a year or so, but we are literally forced out of the nation. In fact, Governor Ford purposely lies that there's a federal force coming to take us and prevent us from leaving to make us leave in the middle of the winter, which causes all the deaths in Iowa, uh, which is the worst part of the trip that wouldn't have happened if the original agreement to leave in the spring had been honored. So we literally uh, are kicked out of the United States and we want out at that point. Uh, You've done nothing but murder and rape and kill. And now you've killed our leaders uh, you're not, in fact, we, you know, you read the journals and they talk about the, the Latter-day Saints, we're the real Americans. We're the ones that really believe in the Constitution and all of its rights. And we're going to go out here in the West and we're going to, we're going to do it on our, our, our own. We're going to do it for ourselves. We're going to create this theodemocracy and we'll, we're going to call it Deseret, right? And, and the problem is, is they get out there and they start to do that. And then the United States wins the uh, Mexican-American War, and now they're back in America, right? They, they, they're only <laughs> out for about a year, really, out of America before they're right back in it. And, um, and that leads to the tension that goes for another half decade between us and the federal. We wanted the federal government to help us. Now we actually want our own state government, right, so that we can just be ourselves Right. And yeah. and now the federal government's like, uh-uh, you're a territory so that you're under our control. And that leads to, you know, plural marriage, the, the fights and all that, that leads to eventually the, the, the decision to, um, to, end. Uh, to end and to, and to join the United States kind of full on. But um, I, I guess just to, to kind of wrap that, so that, that leads into Section 136 about why we're leaving in the first place. And uh, just to kind of wrap that, the whole narrative up about what that might uh, mean for us, both of these sections and all of this idea is that 
to go back to 133, we have, been, we have a specific commission to gather the house of Israel. That's in 133. We have a specific mission to prepare the earth for the Savior's return. Uh, that's in section 133, and it doesn't just mean doing missionary work. It means creating a society. Um, and section 45 tells us that it won't just be members of the church, a Zion society that uh, is ready to return, you know, ready for Christ to return to. And that means, uh, like we talked about with most people are good and all that kind of stuff, that um, we, we, have a, we have a responsibility not just to bring people into the church of Jesus Christ, but to make the world a better place to build Zion. And that if that means working with people of other faith, that's what we want to do. We want to, and, and our young people, I think, need to understand that, uh, you know, that, that everything that Joseph introduced with the temple is leading to that idea of what eventually is coming, right? Which is this uh, theodemocratic monarchy in the millennium where everyone will be under the government, but not everybody will be a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And who's going to introduce that? Who's going to help the world come back together again? Who's going to do all that? Well, he'll already have, you know, kings and queens and priests and priestesses ready to go. And, um, and but we don't wait till then, right? The idea is church leaders have said we need to get involved now. If we don't get involved now, we could lose uh, particularly religious freedom. And so all that kind of goes together to show that, uh, you know, God is in, God is in the, in, in this work, he, he's, he's doing what we need to do, and, and we need to be doing what we need to do to build up Zion. I'm just so glad for some of the nuggets, especially the idea, and I think I had heard it, but I really get it today, that uh, Joseph Smith, it wasn't just, I think I'll run for president, or um, it was direct result of trying to address the things that had happened, the persecution, property, life, horrible things, as you mentioned, that had happened to the saints. So that, uh, that and bringing, just bringing attention to it even. Uh, yeah. Very, yeah, really good. Yeah, like, like yeah, I we, said, Spencer and I are like the two experts in the world, and we both came to the same, con well, we come to different conclusions about some things, but that, what, what, what you said, John, I mean, it's mm -hmm. absolutely, there's no way, with the Council of 50 Minutes where they're specifically talking about that, that's out there now, there's no way yeah. to not look at it that way, because that's exactly yeah. what they're talking about. And they're, and they're saying that freedom of religion has to be everywhere. If, you know, if we win the presidency, that's, that doesn't change that I'm, you know, president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, freedom of religion must exist for everybody. In fact, it's during the campaign he says that famous quote, I'm just as willing to die for a, a Baptist or a, 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 mm. a Presbyterian or anybody else. And if I lose my life in this cause, I am willing to be sacrificed upon the altar of virtue. And he's talking about his, it's a presidential campaign speech. Very interesting. Wow. Yeah. We want to thank uh, Dr. Derek Sainsbury for being with us. Wow. Just been an, an incredible day. We want to thank all of you for listening. We're grateful for you and your support. Thank you to our executive producers, Steve and Shannon Sorensen. Uh, we, we love you. And we love our production team, Jamie Nielsen, David Perry, Lisa Spice, Kyle Nelson, uh, and Will Stoughton. Thank you so much for uh, your work. And we hope you'll join us on our next episode of Follow Him. <laughs>